Generate Thrive podcast. I'm Austin. And I'm Caden. And uh, here we talk about the crazy and amazing stories found throughout the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the most amazing set of documents that have ever been collected in history. And we love to read them, talk about them, study them, and uh, learn everything we can about them and apply it to our lives. So welcome and enjoy. Mark 6 today. I just recently finished reading the whole gospel of Mark in my uh, cool expensive Bibles yeah. that Chloe got me. So, yeah. Nice. Just did. I feel like we just get after it on this, uh, on this pod cast. Get after what? We just get after it. Yeah. We just like get right down to business. We do. I know. We don't mess around at you all. You know? I kind of like it. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so here we go. Um, we're doing something that we don't like. We're going off of like the section headers. Yeah. And then we kind of break it down that way just because it's the easiest for everyone to kind of know where we're at. To be honest, I so I read and take I read and take notes like throughout the week of reading Mark. And then when we come here to podcast, I just have my notes with me. So I don't have a section. I don't even have the Bible in front of me. Well, I do. But I don't have like it. I'm not looking at it. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. So I understand the section headers because it helps you like start yeah. your thoughts and everything. Yeah. Um, but, well, and it, and it makes sense. Like if you were going to like uh, – like if you're listening and you don't have a Bible in front of you, but then someone says like Jesus sends out the twelve. You're like, oh, okay. I can like piece together what what's going to be said yeah, and talked about. But we're lazy humans, so we use them like to. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I already. I know. That. Yeah, yeah. Like our brain, our brain's not smart enough just to look past them. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the section header? All right, so we're starting uh, in chapter six. Um, a prophet without honor mm. is the section header. That's great. Um, can I, can I add my own section header? Yeah, go for it. It's what I put up for my notes. The messianic secret continues. Hmm. 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 This chapter is uh, not that it's weird, but it's a little bit, I feel like it breaks up the story a little bit. Yeah, things like, start to change here. Yeah, it, yeah, kind, yeah. Of, uh, it kind of like sets a uh, like course correction, I guess, if you want to, if you want to call it that. But, um, so basically what happens is Jesus is, uh, he goes back to his hometown where he's from, uh, on the Sabbath. Dude, so I realized this, uh, like Sabbath for like us is like Sunday or like whatever day you have off to take. Right. Um, but like for like Orthodox Jewish people, it would have been Friday night to Saturday night. Yeah. It's kind of odd. Yeah. You didn't know that? Like... I knew that, okay, but like now yeah. reading it, I'm like, you notice it. Yeah. I notice it. I'm like, oh, okay. So I know what day it is now, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Yeah. Like in reading because like before I th- like, I think when I was reading Sabbath, I'm like, oh, Sunday, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. So it's yeah. just, it's just interesting. It is. But, uh, goes, goes back to his hometown and started teaching and, uh, people who like would have known him growing up and everything, uh, like know who he is, 
and like by knowing who he is and knows where he where he comes from what his parents do and like uh, kind of like all that and says this which I think is like probably the the biggest well part of the biggest takeaway um, isn't this the carpenter isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James Joseph Judas and Simon and aren't his sisters here with us yeah. like and they took offense at him yeah like <clears throat> I know this is interesting that's why I call it the messianic secret continues yeah because they don't know they don't know that who, who Jesus really is yeah they, yeah they don't even recognize we are kids you grew up with this fool yeah like, totally we threw rocks at him you know like yeah. kids <laughs> He he was probably the kid who reminded the teacher that there was some work. <laughs> yeah. You know. Did you ever throw rocks at trains growing up? No. Yeah. Did you live next to a train? Uh no, but like I would go to Flagstaff at my friend's cabin and there's a train nearby and we'd yeah. go down and throw rocks at it. Yeah, no, wouldn't do that. <laughs> Okay. Then I had a French kid live with me and he would put rocks on the tracks and when the train would come, he'd like blow up the rock. Yeah. It was like, it'd be squish, squ- like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're going like to derail this thing. And like, I kept getting paranoid when he would do it. But mm. So Jesus probably didn't put rocks on train yeah, Probably not. Well, we'll continue. Um, so the second half of that section uh, goes and says, this is like what Jesus says. A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. He cannot do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Yeah. Yeah, That's kind of like, I don't know. I think, I think like a lot of people read that and kind of, uh, kind of get what's being said, but they apply it more into like their own lives. Like, uh, I grew up here, so I can't be from here anymore. Or, like mm-hmm. I can't like be successful here for whatever reason, because that's yeah. like, where I came from. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we listen to someone who does podcasting and he's from Boston. And whenever he goes back to Boston, he feels like he doesn't have like a, a good show. Huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But where he's at now, he's like, I, I, I do awesome. Yeah. But there, because they knew me as the person trying to come up. Yep. Like they, they still view me that way. Like I'm not the top. Yeah. And I think like that's mm-hmm. kind of similar. <clears throat> yeah. I think it, it heals the, the messianic, like that messianic secret idea because Jesus being revealed to all these people through healings, teachings, all this. And we see the reactions, the Pharisees reaction, like certain people. Um, and then he goes to his hometown and we get to see their reaction yeah. to who Jesus is. Yeah. It kind of like sealed the deal. Like he was out one, like in other towns and places and people were being revealed to who this guy is. And now he comes home and we get to see what they thought of him. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. So next, um, see, this is where the change comes. Like the focus of the gospel changes. Yeah. You know? uh, I don't know why it feels like that. Uh, it but does. it definitely yeah, does. Yeah, it's almost as if like like we think of the witness. 
like ended like yep and that's that was pretty much it and then like they picked up another day yeah like because it was not even the same thought or conversation because it just changes you know then she just went to village to village now it's taking like a very more broad view of jesus where it was very personal like this is exactly what he did in their reaction now it's like they went to village to village yeah teaching some people you know like it wasn't detailed anymore Yeah, so out of uh, Jesus sends out the 12, it's like a little short um, section. Looks like one paragraph. Um, But he goes, sends them out on instructions, gives them authority over impure spirits, uh, tells them, uh, don't take anything else with you besides your staff and don't stay where you're not welcomed. It's like, that's like basically, that's all that's said. Um, And then it says that... uh, they went out, preached to people, and drove out demons and healed sick people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I just wrote, like, my takeaway from it, what I understood. Because um, it doesn't seem kind of like what you just said, very broad, doesn't really give a whole lot of details or, like, personal meaning to anything. Um, Jesus gave authority, gave them authority over spirits. So to me, that means that, like, Jesus has to be of authority to do that because mm. you can't give someone something that you're not, um, which is something that we've looked at continuously throughout this Mark podcast. Um, and the second one is uh, not that I'm confused, but I just don't understand like what the significance of it would be is uh, take nothing on your journey and stay in the same house until you leave that town just being a uh, nowhere you're accepted, like go only where people are accepting you and don't go to a place like maybe where there's a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's basically like, I don't know if, what the bigger, yeah, he, he, he called them, he called those people to go and do to teach or whatever, to spread um, the teachings of Jesus to those who were accepting of it. Yeah. 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 Which I think is kind of cool. Like his name probably was getting spread around. So go and talk to those people. Go talk to those people who are interested in me. And if they're not, then it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Different approach than I feel like uh, some of us feel or are taught or told to go do, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then just jumps into another story. Like, (laughs) <laughs> this one I had, I had to read it a couple times because I didn't understand how it was being set up. Yeah, it, you know it, what I mean. Not, it just so it ends with, and they cast out many demons, healed many sick people, anointing them with oil. Herod, like, it, it just doesn't. It was, oh, and then this hat, like, it just yeah. random. So let me let me check something. It's not there. random. It seems random, but it has a place. Yeah. Okay. It has its place. So at this point, so we go into John the Baptist uh, is beheaded. Mm-hmm. But if you read like the first section, 
it says that John was already dead. Yeah. Like the first paragraph mm-hmm. of the section. And so I'm reading this and like, I've read this story, like I can't even count how many times, yeah. but uh, like I'm trying to go through, write some notes down and all this stuff. And it says King Herod heard about this for Jesus name had come, become well known. Uh, some were saying John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. And this is why miracles, uh, miraculous powers are at work. Others said he is Elijah, and still others claimed he is a prophet. Um, but when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, had been raised from the dead. I'm like, huh? Like, I read it, and then I, like, continue to read, and it talks about, like, how John got beheaded. How he got beheaded. Yeah. But I was just like, I, I, like, it was when I first came in the office. I don't know if I was still, like, sleeping or whatever, but I had to read it, like, four times. And then I'm like, oh. It's a flashback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, have you ever read the scriptures and noticed that there's a flashback? Like, yeah. Like, because we're not, like, we don't read it in that way, but, because I agree. The first yeah, few times I read it, you just continued, oh, interesting story. Yeah. And then it's like, no. Yeah, there's a certain reason for there. It's a flashback, like. Yeah. So I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm obsessed. No, it was really cool afterwards. I'm like, why? Yes. I'm like, it's really cool. I'm like, um, I now know how Lost was created. <laughs> uh, the I'm obsessed with this. With the messianic secret idea, like, because mm. the messianic secret reaches Herod, reaches others, and they all have these theories on yeah. what it is. Elijah, John the Baptist, all this stuff. Yeah. And here you have Herod's take on why it's not John the Baptist. I have no idea how it got into the scriptures, the story. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Cause all the other stories, it's like, Oh Jesus, is healing. Like, this story has, there's nothing to do with Jesus. Yeah. Like he's not, he's not a character and he's not a person in it. I wonder if there's any other, stories in the gospel is that Jesus isn't a part of besides this one. Yep. It's really strange. Yeah. The only thing about it is like uh, Jesus name had been so well known, but it wasn't even attributed to like Jesus, the person, mm-hmm. but the story of John being beheaded and all this stuff, like yeah. They, yeah, yeah. there's nothing to do. I mean, like Jesus isn't a character. In it. So yeah, yeah, I know. What you're so I'm interested. I mean, it must've been an, an event that everyone knew about. Because yeah. he, like, who was it telling this? It was a Peter here where the disciples here at this banquet. Like how, how did this story get passed around? So it must've been pretty wide known what happened. Yeah. When John's disciples heard that, that happened, they came to get us. It's about John and his disciples. Yeah. Not even about Jesus. Like, so this story must have been told by John's disciples to Jesus and them. Yeah. Because it does come to Jesus um, that he, he finds out. Yeah. But um, in the other, go- I don't know if it's this gospel, when John's imprisoned. You, remember, you know that story? John's yeah. in prison. He was, go ask Jesus if what has done has happened or whatever. Yeah, that, you know? I think that's in, um, yeah, that's, that's in Matthew. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a super weird placement, but it's a flashback. That shows the death of John the Baptist, the first prophet that came before the Messiah. And... Obviously, he faced uh, opposition. And this is when the entire 
gospel changes is after this story. So just on a side note, names are so weird. Um, so like I'm seeing King Herod right here and I was just learning about, or so it says King Herod in 14. And so what I think is, uh, like King Herod who like rebuilds a temple. But yeah. it, it would have been yeah. a completely different, yeah, a different one. Yeah. Herod's a title. I believe. Mm. Here we are. Here well, we are. yeah, no, it makes sense because this dude's name is Herod and Tepus. Yeah. And the other one was Herod the Great. I think it's, yeah. So it's I think more it's a title. A title. Governor, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. So. But or even like John and John and like some of the names that we see over and over yeah. again throughout the. So this story is the first time to really see we see opposition of the messianic like uh, movement, the Jesus movement from um, the Pharisees, Sadducees, from like the government. I mean the Jewish like sect, but we haven't seen it from like the Roman government. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen like their reaction, and this is kind of the first introduction of this is how Rome is reacting to everything. They behead John. Yeah. So you're going to start seeing these instances that Rome's getting involved yeah. with this movement. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting, too, because, uh, yeah, like the idea of um, Jesus working like counterculturally, mm-hmm. and you see him affect like the Jewish community, the Gentile community, which would like include Romans, but then also like the political community, which Rome would have been like placed in and you see how he affects each group. all three. Mm-hmm. And at this point we've seen, we've seen the Jewish and we've seen the Gentile and you see Rome throughout the gospels, even though it's not um, like stated uh, like specifically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you see it working. You just don't know it's working unless you are understanding what you're reading. But, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So then it, uh, all of a sudden the story comes back now to Jesus. Um, after they return from being sent out again, that weird, like, <laughs> in between it's parts. structured kind of, it's like pieced together. Yeah. Kind of weird. Like yeah. a quilt. Um, but we do hear, well, I think, I wonder why if that story is there to show that everyone is knowing about this person, Jesus. Now they know, cause even the Roman officials are confused on what's going yeah. on. So this whole region now, or maybe not knowing, but like hearing, yeah, hearing hearing. about what's going on, which kind of seems like opposite of what Jesus has been trying to, yes. and like, we know everyone has heard about it. Cause the next story Yeah, is 5,000 people come to him. Yeah. 5,000. Yeah. So even more. Yeah. People than that. Yeah, because the men would have been the only ones counted. So 5,000. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of people. So I think a lot of people say double it. Yeah. I mean, women and children. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. She just had a huge crowd step out. How many people does this say? Where? Let's see. I know the title says 5,000, but where does it say it in the text? Then uh, verse 44. 
The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Okay. Men and their families. Total of 5,000 men and their families. Okay. Yeah. So that's like the hockey stadium. Full. Yeah. That's it? Half full. The hockey stadium is 18,000. Oh, okay. So. Coyotes? Yeah. Professional? Yeah. Ah. 18,000. That's pretty big. Yeah, it doesn't sound that big. Not though. compared to football stadiums, yeah. but compared to like hockey stadiums and venues like that, it's pretty big. They Is it like, ah, oh, that's interesting. They're one of the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so I, I, just the imagery of this, the five, the feeding the 5,000, yeah. you go right to Exodus and the Israelites wandering in the desert with no food, no provision, yeah. and God provides and uh, you see it here with Jesus. The the two things that, and, and this kind of leads into the next section of Jesus walking on the water. But uh, the first thing I got out um, is like, it's a miracle, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're looking for an explanation of how it happened, um, like I think you're looking for the wrong thing in, in the story. Uh, but then two, you have... Uh, and I don't know if this is of any significance or not, but I like the imagery of it. Um, you have 12 le- leftover baskets. So what do you want to attribute the 12 to like the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, 12 disciples, like whatever you want to like point it to I'm cool with. Um, but you go into the next story of Jesus walking on the water. He sends like the disciples out and they get stuck rowing against the wind. So Jesus comes and he's like, Oh, I gotta go save these losers again. Probably. Uh, probably not, but, uh, he gets out there and they think he's a ghost and they're scared. And then he's like, Hey, it's just me. And he like walks in the boat and, uh, he's like, don't be afraid. But, they were, and this is why I think is amazing. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves and their hearts were hardened. It was like, huh? Yeah. Like it's such a, it's, it's interesting that these two tied together because you see in the story of the 5,000, they're like, it's going to take us, it's going to cost us half of a year's wage to feed everyone. And she's like, Oh no, no. Yeah. Got it. And then he comes back and he like, they couldn't even believe that he had walked on water or gotten to them from where he was. And like it said, they were completely amazed, like speechless probably. And then the very next part, um, as soon as they port, uh, they get out of the boat and people recognize who Jesus is and carry and run their sick to him. You know, it's like yeah. people who probably never even like met Jesus or know what he looks like, but have heard about him, like run to them, like with their problems, with their, with their everything. Like, I'm like, I just know Jesus can fix this. Cause this is what I've heard. Like he's, he's a person who's doing all these miracles, but then you have like the 12 who are like hanging out with him all the time and they can't believe <laughs> like some yeah. of the same things. I know. This is, it's so weird. It's, it's, it's a weird, uh, the walking on water, I think, injured. Like, why would you just do it? Almost, I, I've always found my always just messing with them. Like, why? Like, well, is it necessary? Is that necessary? You know, the walk on like 
Mm-hmm. What you walk on water? What did that prove? Like you heal people's arms, you give them food, like you provide, like yeah. But walking on water, like why is that necessary? You know. And uh, you asking that question, I, I found I read about this. Jesus walking on water rather than splitting it, he and walking on dry land as Moses did. Mm. So uh, Jesus revealing something to his disciples again. Comparing miracles to the ones Moses. Oh, God. Yeah. Moses provided manna and water from a rock. I'll multiply this bread and this fish. Oh, Moses split the Red Sea. I'll walk on the sea. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah it makes sense, though, because uh, like reading and learning about like the Old Testament, how God had worked and how he'd orchestrated um like the like Genesis and the first five books, uh, water was like revered to like ancient people because it's like the base for everything. It's a base for life. It's a base for uh, it, it's a base for life. Um, but you see, God like continual to like rule over water. There's there's a term for it. I forget it right now. But God like continually besting water. Mm-hmm. So like that's when you said yeah. Like Moses split the water, which was an act of God, right? Yeah. Of defying it. Like you shouldn't be able to do that. But then Jesus also walking on top of it would have been like even the more. same thing, but just even more. Like the water doesn't need to be split. Yeah. Right, walk on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just completely though. So these events are showing Jesus is greater. Uh, he's revealing himself as greater than Moses. Yeah. Okay, the Messianic secret, one greater than Moses is to come. It's interesting because like, um, like when we, when we classify each one of the gospels, uh, we typically just say like, uh, Oh, Mark is uh, like the most like uh, primitive or whatever, mm-hmm. or however you want to say it because of like the way it's constructed. And then we typically like associate Matthew for being like the most, uh, like Jesus, like being established and like renewing that, re- becoming the new Moses or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, you see a lot of this. I mean, 90% of Mark ends up in Matthew. Yeah. So you, you see a lot of the same things, but it's just interesting because I think kind of like how we were talking about with the stories, um, it's like, oh, Jesus feeds the 5,000, got that one. And then you kind of like skip forward. You're like, oh, Mark is just the oldest one. I'll go read Matthew now or yeah. whatever, whatever uh, people think. Yeah. But uh, do you have anything else on on six? No, I think that's that's pretty much everything. Cool. So we'll go on to... Fun, it picks up. I'm excited. Yeah. It's, uh, How many more uh, chapters do we have? How many are in Mark? Uh, 16 yeah. or something? Um, I'm excited to get to Mark 9. Yeah. Uh, How long are we doing Mark for? When when are we going to be done? We're going to go through each chapter. Yeah, but do you know how long, how, where that takes us in the year? Uh, to the end of the year. I think. To the end of yeah. the year? Just about. So. Yeah. I just want to get moving. There's so much stuff I want to talk about. I know. And it's fun, but it's also, ooh, yeah, 16. Bye. Bye. Cool. Cool. So we'll see you next week for chapter seven.